Hello, everybody, and welcome to the month of March. March already here. And I, I have to say, even though God led us through February, <laughs> I'm glad uh, it came to pass and not to stay. <laughs> I laughed at myself. Well, anyway, it's good to welcome all of you, and may God bless you in this month. It's a, it's a very busy month. It's seminar month. You know, I remember, uh, you know, you got March Madness, which is only going to have 16 teams this year, which is kind of strange, kind of skipping a few realms. And I also remember the seminar. Our seminar usually coincides with uh, St. Patrick's Day. And um, so I think of that for March. <laughs> I think of a number of times where we had snow and cold snaps in the middle of March. I hope we survive that, or not survive that. I hope we uh, avoid that this year. But welcome to March. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the snow and the ice is gone away. Do. Adios. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the evenings when I walk my dog. It's really pretty sad, and we have this same experience in our house. All of our shrubs are dead. Um, I mean, the shrubbery. The shrubbery. The shrubbery. <laughs> and, and, we are uh, the nitro Go ahead. I'm sorry. I told last, last night, I said, you might want to consider investing in some landscaping stock. Because, <laughs> I mean, you think about it. I mean, in my neighborhood, in this neighborhood where we are, um, people are serious about their landscaping. And 70% of it is wiped out. And so they're going to have to, it's going to be a busy summer for those guys, but also just the whole, I guess, business. You have to wonder if those, um, I was going to say the crops, if they experienced hardship, like in the nurseries and whatnot. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. The greatest tragedy, I mean, I'm sad about all of our shrubbery because we just had it redone. But the saddest tragedy for me is a couple of years ago, when Olivia was still living at home, she had asked for her birthday for one of those big, tall cactuses. So I said, okay, I can do that. That's easy. So I go over to Rendetta's. Rendetta's. Yeah. It's over on Skillman. I Googled first because you have to, you know, they're kind of hard to find. And I found the perfect cactus. It was beautiful. And it was about maybe nine feet tall and rather expensive. But I thought this is what she wants for her birthday. So this will live. This She'll have this for the rest of her life. It's like buying your kid a parrot or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's probably going to outlive her. <clears throat> so when she moved home several months ago, that cactus has stayed in her room because it's impossible to move. Yeah. Because I went and paid for it, and then I didn't realize, how am I going to get it home? Because it's not just something you put in the car. Yeah. I mean, it's prickly, and it's tall and heavy. and So I had to have it shipped to the house. And uh, so I told her, it's going to stay in your room. 
So when you wherever you move, whatever, eventually wherever you settle, if you can want to get it shipped, whatever, that's fine. But we're not going to move it for you. And so when she moved home, she wanted to redo her room, and she did not want the cactus in there. So I'm like, okay. So we put the cactus on the porch, and it thrived, and it grew probably another foot. And it started getting these beautiful blooms on it. I didn't even know it would bloom. Wow. These big, white, beautiful blooms on it. And it was just something that was very happy for me. And I do not like cactus at all. No, you I, hate cactuses. I fell in a cactus bush one time, and it was just <laughs> try. I still have PS, PTSD about that. But anyway. I, I'm sorry. I just remember having these conversations. Go ahead. I'm interested interested in this. So when, the, when it was forecast that we were going to have this cold weather, of course, I started Googling. I called Sarah because Sarah's a, our, our plant guru here. And and every and, and Les and Olivia both just assured me that these cactuses thrive in the desert. And in the desert it's cold. It yeah. it gets really cold. And so everything that we found said that that cactus could probably like survive through ten degrees, five degrees, whatever, freezing cold. So we left it out there. And the first day that it got below probably ten Libby came walking in there, and she's going to be your so. She said, you're going to be so upset. And I said, why? And I walked out there, and that tall cactus had just fallen over. Oh. And it's just, it is, it has died a very slow death. Oh. So she, it weighs about 150 pounds in the, in the pot. So she and I got out there and thought, we're going to move it in the house. Maybe we can save it. So she and I, I don't know how we did it. I mean, we got her, we got samson strength supernaturally and we drug that cactus into the dining room and i've literally watched it die this slow death so all that to say that that's the greatest threat that's one of that's not the greatest that's one of the greatest tragedies so so where was this cactus a native of i don't know but it's one of the you know traditional tall cactuses with the arms yeah that I know there's a name for them, but I'm not a cactus guru. In fact, I have avoided them my whole life. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so. Gosh, I remember many times that we've been privileged to go out to Arizona. You know, they've got those huge cactuses that are, those cacti that are um, protected. Nobody can harvest them. There are just thousands of them, and they're huge. And... Um, but you're right. They all seem to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think probably what happened was with all the moisture, it probably got too much moisture inside of it, maybe, because it's turning yellow. And I'm maybe maybe Teresa can speak into this. Hey, because I wonder if Shay, Shay might be able to help you, because she lives out there, and she's got a degree in... Yeah, maybe she could. Get a it's hold really of Shay. <laughs> The mythical Shay will help you. You know, it's just with these things, it's just, particularly in this season, I just look at it like, you know what, Lord, somehow you're going to resurrect the situation. I mean, I know that everything that that he allows to die or that he requires to die for a purpose will somehow resurrect in glorious life. So if, Yeah. Anyway, wow! But last night I was walking the dogs, and 
there's a couple of houses on Lakewood Boulevard that are so pretty because their ho- the whole front of the house is covered with that ivy. Uh-huh. All dead. See, you can't hardly kill that stuff. It is brown and dead, and I think that is that's so sad. Well, you know what though? Like Wrigley Field in Chicago, right there on the lake, has that ivy on them. And every winter that stuff dies and it's brown. But then by by the time they're maybe into April, into May, it all comes back. So maybe that'll happen for that. Yeah, maybe. We've had ivy in our backyard and I've tried to kill that stuff ever since we moved in and I think I have it eradicated and then all of a sudden (coughs) there it comes and I think where in the world have you been hiding so Ma, I'm sorry to hear about the cactics I am I'm flummoxed over that that's just that's just awful it's well, it's part of life. Well, get a hold of Shay. She may know some elixir that you can put on it that would spring it, at least the root system back to life. Yeah, I don't. Maybe know. it'd be like Groot from Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Somehow we have to get it back outside. Because I, I said to Olivia yesterday, I said that maybe it'll, maybe it needs to go back outside. Because it just thrived out there. I mean, it, it literally grew a foot. I was shocked. I thought, what are we going to do with this thing when it hits the ceiling? I mean, I was worried about that when it was in her room, even though she's got pretty tall, tall ceilings. But I don't know. Well, anyway. you have a regular arboretum out there. How's the Haley plant doing? It's it's wonderful. I'm it's, glad. It's in it, the kitchen. I mean, it's not. I, I brought that in before at the beginning of winter because i didn't want it, anything to happen to it i'm very grateful for your care for that that's great yeah, it's in my kitchen and i'm kind of expecting it to bloom again maybe in the spring because it hasn't bloomed in in a while but it's thriving that blooming plant mm-hmm. well we've had all kinds of activity um i'm i'm i've been enjoying that well i hate what happened but that's a really captivating story but this past week, the squirrels have reemerged in the ceiling of the youth room. Oh, good. Which has made things really interesting. I mean, yesterday morning, I came in really early and went in there to turn on the Keurig machine. And all of a sudden, I heard all of this <laughs> up on the ceiling. And I started yelling in tongues because I knew it was squirrels. And I thought, how did you get in here? And Ruby found where they had peeled back what the... Uh, Pest control people had a fix to seal off things. So I di- we didn't hear them this morning, so maybe my tongues commanded them to go. Regular Dr. Doolittle language the Lord gave, but the guys are coming tomorrow to seal that up again. So, I, kinda, I marvel. I really do, because you guys that are listening that are not in Dallas, this, this was a big deal. I mean, this this cold front, this freeze that mm-hmm. we had, not only, I mean, in the natural, yes, but in the spirit, it, it was a big deal. It yeah. meant something. And, and and you know, we're still processing the film with that, but it was a big deal. But I just marvel at God's creation because we have, we live in an old house, and when the house was built, they built this little wading pool in the back that turned into be a koi pond. And so we keep fish in this pond. And 
after the raccoons kept getting the expensive koi fish that we kept putting in there, I just started filling it with goldfish. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go up to the pet store and I'd buy 100 goldfish, you know, for $10 or whatever. They're small, put them in there, and they grow. You know, they get big, big, big. And so, because there's no point in having the pond treated and cleaned and all that if you're not going to fish them. Right. <laughs> so when everything froze, that pond froze. I mean, it froze to where the dogs were walking on it. And, and I thought, those fish are going to be as dead. So it was this big debate in my house whether or not those fish were going to survive this freeze. And sure enough, we didn't lose one fish. Wow. And that water had to have been negative 50 degrees. Oh, sure. And, you know, I mean, if I had a goldfish in a bowl in the house, it probably would die in a, well, I don't know, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just, I marvel at the things, even the squirrels that, that survived that. Because yeah. where do they go? I, I don't know. But the robins, that was interesting, too. Yeah. Well, we have to believe that the winter being the first of the seasons, that God must have been highlighting that for the saints, that winter has passed, and we're entering into a season of uh, growth and springtime. I just got a good word from Teresa. You did? She told me not to give up on the cactus. She said, it may spring up from the roots. Just goes to show you how important the roots are. You may lose the height, and it may come up with multiple stems. Send a picture, and I will consult with the mythical shade. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see what we can do, what we can come up with. Thank you so much, Teresa. I mean, I'm really heartbroken about this. Yeah. Because anything that's living... I mean, I'm the person that will get a plant, and if it's not doing well, I'll keep it until the very last little twig is dead. And so, whereas most people, I think, would toss it when it's not aesthetically pleasing anymore. But I can't, if it's alive, I can't throw it away. So, thank you, Teresa. Well, that's great. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you all know the continuing saga of the, the cactus. The cactus chronicles. The chronicles, yes. We need that. That's that's true Southwest. See, we're see that may be a sign that we're going, at, we're going to expand the prayers of the saints in the Southwest, both in Arizona and California, are going to spring forth into new life and and. Um, or it could be a sign of the prophetic in the whole wilderness desert. That's right. Yeah. Which I know my many trips by car back and forth into California, moving my kids back and forth, driving through that Mojave Desert. There's nothing quite like that experience to me because it is miles and miles and miles. And, you know, about the first 20 minutes, I'm looking out the window. I'm like, look how pretty that is. And, oh, look how pretty that is. And it's so pretty. But then you get about an hour in, and there's nothing. There's no gas stations. There's no, can, you know, there's nothing. And you start, like, getting thirsty. It's like you start feeling, or I do, just the dryness. And there's just something so spiritual about the desert. There is. Yeah, man, you, you're a regular Kit Carson. I mean, that's one of the most fantastic stories about how he uh, left California to come 
east to find troops to help to fight the Mexicans. Um, and he made that he made that trip and survived wow. just on his own. Like on a horse. Well, I'm, I don't think his horse survived or his mule or whatever he had. I have to reread that. It's been years now since I've read his his uh, tale of doing that. But anyway, um, well, you uh, keep us keep us posted on the cactus because you've piqued our interest here, and uh, you've got the you've got you and the. The saints of Arizona now working together on that and the prayers of the saints. So, Wouldn't that be wonderful if it just sprung up and just... We'll have to take pictures of that mm-hmm. and post it. And, um, wow, that's, that's... What else do you know? I mean, this is, this is all new. These are new stories. You got any others? You got the that's... goldfish? You got the cactus? Uh, no. <laughs> There's a lot going on, though. I can tell you that. Yeah. How's Scarlet the Prayer Dog doing? Is She's she... actually not well. Uh-oh. She, I had to call the vet yesterday. She, um, yeah. But she's better today. I gave her some Pepto-Bismol. That was his diagnosis, was give her Pepto-Bismol last night and this morning. And if she's not better by this afternoon, I need to take her in. So she seemed a lot better. So I'm hoping that she's okay. Oh yeah, we can't we can't yeah. have anything going on there. She seems okay. She just has some manifestations of things that I'm not going to detail. Yeah. <laughs> well, yesterday I invoked the name of Scarlet when I came in and prayed in the spirit and drove the squirrels out. I thought if Scarlet were here, I could put her up into that up on those tiles. She's light enough, but she could sure drive those boogers out with that ferocious bark she has. Yeah, she likes to chase those squirrels. I don't know what the heck she'd do with one if she caught it. It <laughs> <laughs> might be a surprise. Bigger than her. <laughs> uh, it's what Kelly and Fabian's dog, Maya, the new one, they bring her over and she goes all through our yard. She just barks at squirrels. And um, the other dog, Freckles, is just too old she to care. Yeah. Hey, I did read something that was really enlightening for me that made me happy. There was an article in the Southern Living magazine about dogs, the breed of dogs that have the longest lifespan. Because Char- Charlotte, Scarlett's nine now. And I just, you know, you just start preparing yourself. Just, I yeah. don't know. And, and I'm kind of in denial. Like, to me, she, every time somebody asks me, she's eight. She's been eight for like three years. <laughs> That's a regular Jack Benny. Yeah. But it said in this magazine, in this article, and I need to verify this, that, that Yorkies are, have the, one of the longest lifespans, and they're known to live 19 to 20 years. Oh, wow. That's great. Now, she may not have any teeth. <laughs> you have to chew the food up for her. Yeah, but that was, and, and once again, I mean, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, anyway. so. Well, we, that's good news. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Man, this is an this. See, aren't you folks glad you tuned in today? I'm just I'm just enjoying this. This is uh. What else do you know? <laughs> I, I like do, that. I do want to ask you all to be in prayer for some of our saints in Brazil who are struggling with COVID and. I read an article this morning just about 
um, just this outbreak of COVID in Brazil is just, I mean, they, they're, they're experiencing like some of the highest numbers they've ever known throughout the nation. And to me, that's just unacceptable. And so just pray for, for those that are there and for Luciano's church and for um, his congregation because as much as we want to think that we're near the end of this pandemic, and I certainly want to believe that, it's still having its effect on some of the nations that the Lord has spoken great promises over. And, in fact, they were calling, um, apparently they're, it's been really bad in Manaus, uh-huh. which is interesting is where the Lord was going to send us. Yeah. And so I, you know, as much as I hate this, this to me is like the plague and I, I hate COVID. Don't go, don't even get me started on it. But um, I just, I just speak just the spirit of life over them. Well, yes. And we declare that now that the spirit of the Lord would invade that those houses of the saints, particularly in Sao Paulo, and drive out this, uh, by the power of the blood and by the fire of the Spirit, drive out this this uh, virus. Yeah. And we speak life and not death. We speak uh, an immediacy of recovery and not a lingering march of illness. In Jesus' name. Yeah, and also... Of course, the blood of Jesus, but also in France. I mean, it's I, I, France is really I've really had somewhat of a, a heaviness in my heart for them because I was reading that they they also have really high numbers again, and and at least half of it is this new strain from Britain, mm-hmm. and you know they've been quarantined, they've been. Um, what am I trying to say? I mean, they've experienced shutdowns like we can't even imagine. And I know Luke and Sylvie has shared that with us, just what happened, you know, what's happened in their little village. But they were they were um, initiating even more strict shutdowns this weekend because of this new strain and because and so, you know, I just think about just prophetically what God has said about those two nations and I just it's just it's not acceptable that that the enemy is having his way there so we speak life into France as well amen and just patience and just a covering of the blood of the Lord wow wow Yeah, if, if the Lord puts it on the hearts of, uh, well, let me say it this way, be sensitive to the leading of the Spirit in the next days or so. Well, you should be all the time, but if God brings any of these places to your heart um, with an urgency, pray right then. You know, speak speak in tongues and and declare what God would, um, what he would reveal, whatever that might be, at that very time. Um, and I, I think that that is, a, uh, that is a lost component. <clears throat> it's a real spiritual warfare tactic 
that was truly highlighted in in uh, uh, in Samson, but also an extension of the Maa, where there's a you know the moving uh, of of the place of the spirit. There's a stirring. You know, Samson shook himself, and then the spirit would come, and there'd be a release of power. And uh, those those moments of divine triggering, we need to truly honor and, you know, don't sense it and say, well, yes, Lord, I'll pray about that later. Do it then. Yeah. And um, because it, it really is a, a tactic of the spirit that is not often recognized as a miraculous uh, a, a, a miraculous visitation of this, of of his power, and you know sometimes, you know we read those episodes like the Maai and like Samson, and then we read about what uh, Jesus when his spirit and he he either cried out or he groaned, and it wasn't irritation, even though we've all felt that. Um. At, at you know at times where where we may be irritated, um, but it it truly is something that the spirit of the Lord within you resonates and you you call out. I remember first feeling that when I was a kid, I would feel this stirring, and it for all the world it felt like a spiritual hunger it's the best way i could describe it but an alarm almost and i didn't know what it meant i didn't know what to do with it nobody nobody would was ever teaching about that in our pentecostal church and you didn't really want to say anything about it because it marked you as some kind of a spiritual vagrant but i do think that it's um it's it's if Jesus faced it, and if the the writer of the Cantique de Cantiques faced it, and if Samson faced it in the days of the judges, and others indicated it, it is something that the Spirit across the board uses. And so, if if God stirs you at some point, and I'm not talking, you, know, you see, this can happen sometimes when we're praying in the Spirit and when we've and we'll be sensing these measures of interpretation or we're really observing, like you were talking about driving through into the desert and you were seeing all these things. That, that is a characteristic of observance and noting, you know, you praying in an unknown tongue, um, interpret. But that's really not what I'm talking about here, even though God can use that. I'm talking about these unpredictable visitations where you're stirred don't zip by them like Jacob did at the place of Mahanim and he said you know he was in the place of the double camp and you know in continue with that episode in continuance with that episode he said surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't know it and, uh, literally I didn't take advantage of it, or maybe I shouldn't say it that way. I didn't reap the full benefit, or maybe not benefit. I didn't um, utilize the visitation in the way that would have been of utmost 
um, productivity. How's that? I don't want to subjectivize this to where it's all about us. Well, it's a benefit or it's this or that. Even though it is, we're servants. And um, we're going to benefit from our service, but that's not our motive. And so often the way we characterize things like that is from a, even though we may not mean it in a selfish way, the terms we use are very subjective, very selfish. And I think that's part of what being truly prophetic is, where you can you can view things from a point where you are serving. You're not looking for the benefit. You're not looking for the angle. You're not only in a receptivity mode. You are definitively because if you're in a receptivity mode, then when things start going south or they dissipate, you shut down. And um, uh, so I get back to this. When you are, uh, well, let's all be in agreement for the people in France and Western Europe as well as for our Brazilian brothers and sisters. Uh, pray for them. But if the Spirit stirs you, pray, interpret, declare, and don't don't waste time. Because if you do, you'll be like the the Song of Solomon. When when you get around to it, the moment's past. And you'll go out and search and instead of having dominion, you'll get you'll get whacked in the street. That's my phrase. I forget how the Solomon wrote it. I don't think he said you'll get whacked in the street. Well, he said the people he <laughs> asked didn't treat him very well. Is the word whacked even in the Bible? No. It should be. That and wacky should be. Because there's a lot of whacking and a lot of wackiness. Yeah, I, I totally, I, I'm feeling, I'm sensing the same thing. And even even beyond nation praying for nation, and I think... And, and I really am addressing our leadership here because as leaders, you can initiate prophetic prayer amongst the saints in your nation. And, you know, sometimes when we're hit with stuff like this, we become, um, we, we get in survival mode and our survival, our function is really in the midst of that survival, in the midst of our own realm. And I just, it, it makes me remember about Job and how the Bible says that um, the Lord turned captivity and, and, and restored and prospered when Job prayed for his friends in the midst of the absolute calamity that he was dealing with. And, and I think we need to remember that is sometimes the best thing that you can do when you're, you're buried in, you know, the, op, um, the oppression or whatever it is that go, where God has you and you're in the midst of that warfare on behalf of your nation or whatever it might be, yourself. I mean, COVID has hit us too. It's hit me very personal, even just today. And, and, and my heart right now is, is, is really extending itself into these nations that I know are really suffering and struggling. And, um, and I think we need to, to sometimes expand our perspective into to praying for um, for others 
and see what God will do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for those of you that are in France, and, and I, I don't really have a grid for how things are in Switzerland or in Belgium. I haven't read that, that news. I've just most recently read articles about France and about Brazil in the last couple of days, and God's really had that on my heart. So if the Lord puts it on your heart, pray for those other nations. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's 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 um, it's imperative that we do that. And I and I will say, you know, I I get these emails, and I know you do too, from different places that we've encountered in our visits into France, like a chocolate place that I visit. I get emails from them and. One of the main hotels we stay at, they send emails, and they explain what's going on there and how it's affecting them. And, you know, it just really makes me homesick, for one thing, but I pray for the country because I know it's it's a very interesting um, set of circumstances that those ones are dealing with. But I will say, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how God begins to repeal this and open the door for uh, for actual on-site ministry. And you're going to be participating in something in April um, that we've not done before. You're, you're initiating a first roots there of um, teaching on a progressive basis in conjunction with the Benichons, the leadership in France. And I, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, is 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 the phrase that that you make lemonade out of when God when what is it about when God gives you lemons, you make lemonade. You make lemonade. Is that a proverb? <laughs> 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 because I mean, we we've had to to really um, ex, uh, just really stretch ourselves creatively to determine how to continue on with ministry. I mean, one of the things in this article that I read on, it was early Sunday morning, was that they're saying that that uh, travel for tourism, which, you know, there's different levels of travel. There's within the EU, there's visa kind of travel, and then there's, I guess, tourism kind of travel. They were saying that they were predicting it was going to be late 2023 into 2024 before they were going to be opening the doors for tourism now that is completely unacceptable to me yeah it is and we're i mean we renounce that (coughs) even right now and know that god's going to make a way for us but um well i think yes we have to agree we have to agree because i was kind of thinking about going in may Well, you know, for our seminar, <laughs> even for what's happening here in our country with the with the downturn of COVID cases and the increase of vaccinations and immunity factors, um, and then you know the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is is been released. They've just partnered with Merck to increase, and then there's a different vaccine that's now be, being in the process of approved that. Uh, those two by early June are supposed to have well over 200 doses out and in the public, and you combine that with the other two, whatever you think about vaccines. 
uh, we in the United States are blessed mm -hmm. because we, you know, Operation Warp Speed really helped this. And I'm believing in the power of the Lord, but I'm we're dealing with a lot of secular millions of people. So if we can see the vaccine touch, Europe hasn't really seen that. You know, they've had AstraZeneca for Germany and and England, but I I don't I think they're viewing things from the lens of what they're facing now, which is catastrophic. We have to believe that that's going to turn. Yeah, absolutely. And I am not fauciing this thing. It's not acceptable that it would be 2023, late 22 and into 23. No, they said late 23 and into See, 24. that can't be. We've got work to do. We've got to be there. But I think that they're reacting after just this second, this, this oh, yeah. secondary strain that, that they're dealing with. But back to what you originally said about um, just ministry. I mean, God is making a way, and through Zoom and through just um, – the connection that we have, we're, we're launching, and this was really the seed that was planted in Luke and Sylvie, mm -hmm. to because the, of the hunger of of the French saints there to receive the teachings in French and to really build line upon line and their knowledge of the word and their function in the word, and so um, they proposed this where we would start a series, a teaching series. Um, on different topics and do one a month and um, from what I understand have different teachers in the network that will be a part of this I don't know how this is going to work so just bear with us but um, yeah so we I, start that in April yeah and you're you're the initial teacher and we're really thankful for that that's appropriate um, and interspersed there'll be a time in in the off week during that where we can just have a a rhema discussion with leadership to answer questions they might have or discuss topics not necessarily what you're teaching because they won't have any questions when you teach something but um the uh the thing about it is is that you're right luke and sylvie came up with this and when they initially presented it Boy, my heart just leaped for for rejoicing, and um, they're going to be choosing who the Spirit says should be teaching, and I'm grateful for that too because honestly, managing these various things is a booger, and it really needs to be. Our goal should be to have the indigenous people. We can have a supervisory and a and an advisory role, that's probably better. It's what Kilpatrick said many, many years ago, a guiding hand, not a controlling hand. But if you, if you can have the camps themselves um, managing and hearing from God and then drawing from the strength of the network, it only strengthens everybody. And it expands the kingdom. And then every joint is supplying. So... Be in prayer for that. I'm really excited about it, and um, I appreciate your being willing to do this. And uh, uh, and I, you know, we we bless Luke and Sylvie mm -hmm. as they as they direct this, and um, and we're also praying about some new things that we also hope to launch for Brazil in April. 
but we're here in March now, and our our desire is to plan, but to get ready for what's coming in uh, just a couple of weeks. And with that in mind, uh, now that we are in March, it's hard to believe. It's, it's just hard to believe we're in March already. But um, this weekend is going to be an incredible time of prayer. And um, not only do we have First Saturday, but then we're going to be doing something that we'd like for you to also join in on Sunday, um, that it would be a total weekend of prayer. And so um, uh, I don't know if you would like to talk about what is going to happen this weekend. Do you, do you really know yet? Well, I know that Sunday is designated by the Spirit as a day of prayer, and specifically, you know, it's difficult because we need to we need to bathe this gathering in prayer, and it, it's a different, you know, it's a different venue. It's 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 virtual, and 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 so. Many of you aren't going to be, well, none of you are going to be traveling here. Um, you're going to be connecting with us from your own churches and your own homes. But nonetheless, it's, it's just as important and it's just as vital as if we were all going to be gathering here in this sanctuary together. Yeah. And so um, I know the Lord is wanting to initiate some some prophetic prayer specifically about this gathering. And, and I think that it's going to um, extend not just about what happens from this house, but what happens in your individual places where you're standing and what this seminar represents for you where you're standing. Because God has spent this whole last season, this whole last year, and really calling us to establish houses of prayer and these cell groups and and... And so here we are in this year of the, the prophet, and he has some things to initiate in the place where you're standing. And so it's not just you all looking to us, even though, yes, you know, the, the, um, the outpouring is going to be coming from, from here through teaching and, and whatnot. But each one of our saints, wherever they're standing in each one of the churches that's connected with this network, has a responsibility to to be present and to engage and to hear and obey as John the Baptist did and 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 really to be that responsible one before the throne to initiate what he has for you in your terio. <coughs> And so it's it's really a, to me a point of just incredible expansion of responsibility, and and it makes perfect sense because you know we have spent this last year um, really stepping up as priests and kings in our homes and in in these houses of prayer, and um, the Lord He's not finished; He's only beginning in establishing His church in the end times. And that is you where you're standing. So that's really all I can say because that's all I know. <laughs> well, uh, you should be receiving an invitation for 
for Saturday, which is basically going to be welcoming in this season of the prophetic, in this year of the prophetic, the efficacies of the pastoral gift, which is what we've done for how many years have we been doing that, this five-month thing? It's 12, 15? I don't know. It's been a long time. Long time. Um, But... You know, we really, we really do need that strengthening for the church, for the ecclesia, of the, the, um, the influx of diversities of tongues and interpretation, the, the development uh, and the and the grace progressions of our gifts, and um, that God has given spiritual gifts, and that um, there would also be. Um, uh, the sensitivity to how the spirit is guiding us, the changing of the hands and the turnings and those are those are capacities that should be functioning in in the church and so we're believing for that and um, uh, but I will say uh, so this Saturday, first Saturday, and then Sunday, I don't really know how we're going to do this and obviously, um, the exact, and this is typically the way God moves. Um, he's probably not going to shine full clarity on what he's going to say and what he's going to want to do on that Sunday until it's pert, pert near it, you know. And But the objective will be to, at the end of the Sunday morning service, to, to welcome our people and also our network family who would want to participate at that time into a time of prayer. And then the next week, the next Sunday, um, it'll be kind of like uh, the, the prophetic presbytery will be praying, but I'm also going to believe that we're going to send our people, which we always do before seminar, uh, into the various places where ministry is going to be launched and uh, we invite them to go and to welcome the covering of the blood and the inspiration of the blood. And so those factors have to be observed. But this one coming up is really, this coming weekend is, is, is really different. We've not done this before, have we, in this way? Probably not. I don't remember us ever doing it. Of course, again, we've had, we haven't had our our. Sunday afternoon prayer. We haven't had our Wednesday night gathering, where we would often facilitate these things. But um, so anyway, just be ready for that. And I, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, please, because I'm going to change topic. Oh, I, I just wanted to to speak into this seminar and just to encourage all of our saints that have so faithfully um, been obedient to these gatherings. And, and we, we had a good discussion on Sunday morning about just, just the nature of this gathering and that it's virtual and that sometimes it's difficult to, um, to engage in the same way that you would if you were actually sitting in the sanctuary amongst the saints. And, and we also talked about just the enemy strategy to bring distraction, to really try to hinder our focus. And that's a very real, real enemy tactic and and I've been feel I've been dealing with that here in in this house for the last couple of weeks. I keep blaming it on COVID fog, but to me it's all demonic. 
and 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 I think that it's an enemy tactic. So what I want to say is recognize that and and if you know if if you're struggling with focusing, I just want to encourage you to approach this gathering, this seminar as you would if you were actually in Dallas in this house. And um, as much as as wonderful as it would be for you to, um, you know, not take the time off work and, and and like you normally would be if you were traveling here, I think the Lord is really saying, if it's possible, set the time aside and and sanctify that time before the Lord, and know that it is set apart um, to actually, as you connect, be here in the sanctuary with us from wherever you are, and 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 really just. Um, I guess sanctify your mind and and really ask the Lord to to give you focus because it's you know I I've been in a session I've been I've I've sat in this sanctuary a number of times where I was struggling to be focused on what was being poured out and none of us want that because even though those truths those seeds are planted in us we we are in a day where um, our function and and truth and what God is pouring into us and then depositing into us and the commissionings they are real time and you know we went through a long many years where we were being prepared 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 and we're still being prepared but we were in real time and yeah. and it's getting more so as the lines are thinning and so just know I just feel like the things that are going to be released are going to be things that we're going to activate upon. We're going to be functioning in in the immediate hour. Yeah. And so don't let the enemy distract you and keep you from receiving. Activate your mind and submit it to your spirit and let, and be fully engaged because that's really what it takes and is going to take in this hour. So amen. that's my part. That's a good word. And I speak that over <coughs> myself too because I'm about done with this. Hmm. Yeah. So. Well, um, I'm very grateful. <coughs> Any of you who've been looking at the new website, um, we were finally able to get um, some info on the seminar, and it's been put up on the site. And with that, um, there is the opportunity for you to register and then immediately then you can schedule for a prophetic word and there was also an email that was sent out to a number of people uh, in the saints network for the purposes of you registering for a prophetic word in our presbytery and i i want to again give thanks to the lord uh, for the uh, the agency that he directed us to in Nashville, um, a very wonderful young woman named Kelly who has worked real time with developing these, and um, so access that if you've not. Um, they were working with Scott on um, on that page so that when the seminar is up you can actually you know easily access off the new website but then 
the various teaching sessions uh, in somewhat of an archival fashion will be accessed off the site just on that page. So it'll be a whole lot easier. And I'm very grateful for that. So if you've not gone on, if you've not registered, if you've not acted upon signing up for, for a word, and this is for our Saints Network. This isn't for Uncle Joe down the street. Um, this is for people who are specifically desirous of being a part of this seminar and um, um, and active in the work of, of what God's called the saints to be. So utilize that, take advantage of it, and I know that that will be... Um, a blessing to you and a blessing to the saints as a whole. And we, we continue to give thanks for um, this, this uh, ally that God has brought alongside of us to do really specific work, and we don't have to labor. <laughs> I know Katie's been working, but and I appreciate that, but we don't have to strain and try to get things done here which we've done over the years it's just nice to be able to say let's do it let's employ the newest technologies you do this for us this is what we need to have done boom it's it's done and that's that's a very great blessing as i know in years past you know monica and scott and burke and i know pastor fabian to some degree have labored over every little detail and then you know we, we think man this is this is hard so it's nice to have that so utilize that and as the seminar is going on I think you'll find it very very helpful to just be able to go on to that part of the of the site and then just see all of the uh, all of the sessions just right there you can just hit one and there it is you don't have to go into do three trapeze swings into Vimeo to try to find it. So that should be a blessing. Um, let's see, what else? We have five minutes to go. It's been really interesting, This the revelatory process of the Spirit. I mean, he's, like you said a few minutes ago, we've been, we've been being prepared as the foundation's been being laid. And that's still happening. You know, it's like, um, it kind of reminds me of a history that really had a lot of, um, a lot of effect in the place where I grew up with the steel industry. But, you know, we initially in our country laid out iron tracks for railroads and the like. But then the Bessemer process caused there to be stronger variations of steel that could then last much longer and and do a greater work and i think that's what god has been doing he has been giving innovations in the precepts that he's been given us in real-time words that draw from a lot of other foundational understandings that we've had and i find that refreshing you know, I, I sense the Spirit say things with an immediacy, and then, boom, there's a new directive that just comes, and you know it's from Him because the, the Spirit guides you into that uncovering. And, yeah, you're like a workman that needs not to be ashamed. You're, you're grabbing things that you've learned and 
processed in the past, but then God brings fresh insight, which is real-time applied for the now. It's like a weapon. It's like a uh, an influx, and I, I'm very grateful for that. I give thanks to the Father for it, and I pray that we won't miss anything, that we'll that we'll keep delivering as he gives and not substitute some other thing that's really not what he's sent to us. Um, got a couple minutes. Anything further? No, I'm thankful for that. I'm really thankful for that. The words that have been coming have just been so, just really prolific to where we are, it's like yeah. a road map. And it, it's, it, I mean, they truly do hit the inward part of who we are. And um, <laughs> it's not always easy because it addresses, you know, the word cuts asunder. Yeah. And it's not always easy to receive some of these words. Some of them are hard, but this is the year of the prophet. So what do you expect? I mean, it's it's just a continual measure of dying and refining and preparing, and I'm thankful. Yeah, and that, you know there are some other new things that we keep feeling the stirring of the spirit that need to be developed, new ways of um, new venues by which we can talk about deeper things, not necessarily in the front window, which is what the Saints Network page is. It's, it's more like a front window to the world. We purposely not restricted it, but we need to see a development of some other venues to where we can have more intimate discussions on deeper things with the Saints. But um, I, I think we need to keep praying for, for that to be. Um, the website is going to be launching at some point in the next, within the next week, an additional tab called Saints Network Teachers, and um, you know the first two are going to be Monica's teaching from last week and Nancy's teaching from this week, and then, um, but we're going to be integrating some other voices from the network. It's not the Voices broadcast. But this is another step forward uh, in our alignment with um, um, seeing the development of our saints and the strength of this network. So be watching for, for that. And then tomorrow is Wednesday Night Live. Um, I was really overwhelmed by what God was driving regarding Boaz on Sunday in the role of the prophet. And I'm believing a lot can change between now and when we present Wednesday Night Live. God's been talking to me about things that have to do with the right pillar of the prophetic. And if you've, if you've ever looked at Jachin, it's kind of mysterious. You don't really think, okay, it means establish and be strong and but that doesn't really tell you anything. It tells you what we've needed to know to this point. But late last night, God was showing me some things in the Word 
about how that really is established, and it's from the Scripture, and I'd never seen that before. So I know the Spirit has been directing that. So tune in tomorrow, and even if God directs some other teaching for Wednesday Night Live, I'll make sure to insert that so that that can be a part of it. Um, and that has very much to do with this year of the prophetic because, you know, to enter the temple, you have to have promise and fulfillment. You have to have Jekin and, and Boaz. You have to have that. And that was God's original intent that, that he showed David and that he personified through Solomon. Now, Herod's temple didn't have that because the, because the Chaldeans came, of all people, and cut those pillars up and took them away. <laughs> Isn't that something that the Chaldeans would do that? Abraham's king, kindred and the people that were soothsayers and seers in Daniel's day, and they took that away. And in our day-to-day, we can't let the Chaldeans of this nation and of the world and the progressive prophetic steal away what God has originally ordained. I'm, I'm beginning to preach, ma'am. I'm, I'm commencing to preach. i got to rein it back in. So anyway, we're past time here, but if you want to just shut those off, go ahead. It's getting a little toasty up here in the like holy booth. a pillar booth. of fire over here. No, is that right? Not a pillar of fire. Yeah. A flame of... Better a pillar of fire than a pillar of salt. That's right. Yeah, on that note, (laughs) we're going to end. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. And uh, we'll look forward to our next time of being together. And tune in again next time where you'll hear updates about the, the cactus plant. And you'll hear updates about our little buddy Scarlet. And you'll hear updates about many other things the Spirit is saying. Be watchful for this weekend of prayer. We really need to stand together. And um, till that time, God bless you. Goodbye.